I love your socks. Oh, thank you. They match the carpet. Aren't they, they do. Like, how did you get them that way? <laughs> I don't know. They're really I, pretty. I don't remember where I got these, but they are really cute. They're like, they're like little flowers. I know. What kind of flower is that? They're orange flowers with a little pink heart. Yeah, little peach hearts. They're pink. Very peach pretty. Heart. They're what, really pretty. Where are they from? Do you know? Do you remember? I mean, I can take the sock off. Do you want me to take the sock off? And no, look? thank you. <laughs> You remember that show we saw in London where everybody he asked everybody to take their socks off and make hand puppets. Yeah, but he was implying that he had been using his socks to masturbate into, and yeah. so the whole thing kind of grossed us out. I wasn't taking off my I don't shoe, know. No. but everybody else took their fucking socks off. And Not was, the guy next to me. That, oh, right. that beautiful, oh God, that beautiful him. guy. Yeah, he he kept those gorgeous, like he had those boots on. Uh-huh. Those platform He wasn't boots. getting the... He I, was not taking those shoes off. <laughs> that would have taken 10 minutes to unlace them. They were laced. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't enough time, really, for that He was activity. an intriguing... I hope he's listening. I hope he's listening, too. We, we, we did tell him to follow us. He followed us. But he probably unfollowed us. Yeah. So, lovey. We probably... I don't know. We, did we follow him? I don't remember. This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is... All I want to do is talk about... Madonna. Album 11, track 5. Nobody knows me. I've had so many lives since I was a child. And I realized how many times I've died. to a sweet spot with you. You are like a kid in a candy oh, store my goodness. with your Sour Patch Kids. That, <laughs> you look all, so happy. You are so happy Well, today. I am <laughs> partially happy because of the song. I mean, the song really does, like, um, this is in my top 15. Your top 15. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Number 14, nobody knows me. Well, that's saying a lot. a lot. I mean, there's, you know... Uh, Hundreds and hundreds of Madonna songs. Yeah. And it's in my top 15. Your top 15. What's number 16? Oh, God. Number 16. Jeez. <laughs> um, what would number 16 be? I don't know. You know what? I'll have to write the list out. I always do this with these top 10. What's number 11? What's the one that didn't make the Girl, make I don't the need this. I don't need this guff from you. Like, <laughs> Mr. My top five has 40 songs in your top That's five. That's not true. There's always five, but they change. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a football team. You trade people in and out all the time to keep it fresh. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knows me. Oh, 
fascinating song. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. I, you have no funny. idea where this song is going to go. Ever. It's uh, cer- certainly when you first listen to it. Like when I first heard it, um, I didn't like the song at all. Mm. And this is, you know, with this album, like I had this experience frequently. I was like, what is this? Yeah. This song really baffled me. I was like, I don't understand this at all. It was very, it wasn't as accessible. Mm-hmm. Certainly coming off Love Profusion, which is so straight down the line in so many ways. Yeah. This was really like, what? What are these sounds? Where is what is this universe? Well, and she's her voice has gone back into the into the mix in yeah. a way that in Love Profusion it was straight up very close, almost yeah. like music. Now she's back in the ether of yeah. the song. It reminds me of what Kari was saying, like her voice is no longer real. It's robot, it's machine. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's really like it's through like auto-tune and like some kind of other filter that's like bringing it to a different, you know, it's making it more computerized. Yeah, yeah. Um, And yet the song, I feel like, is a very vulnerable, true song for her. Like, that that's what's so interesting about it. It feels like a really intimate, confessional song. Yeah. And yet it's it's processed this way that makes it almost an anti-Madonna song. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's like the form and the content of this song match, like... Mm -hmm. The song is about like, nobody knows me or understands me. You don't understand me. You're never going to understand me. Yeah. Except this one person, like, you know me. Yeah. We'll talk about who she's talking about. But like, and through that, then we hear her voice in a way that's like mysterious and unknown. It's a mask. The whole song is sort of like a mask or it's like inaccessible. It's like, you can't know me. You can't understand this. This is beyond you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess my question to you is, is she also saying that I'm not going to know you as well? Because what I find interesting about this song, and and I'm just having that thought about it, is she kind of gives you a laundry list of all the things she's not engaging with anymore. I don't do this. I don't check in with this. This is a... And she's basically saying, I'm closing off all of the paths for you to reach me. Yeah, I guess maybe fans, she's not going to, like connect with mm-hmm. I guess I guess in a way you're right. I mean I don't think we know Madonna. No. Right? No. It's not our business to know her. But do you think nobody knows her? What do you want that you don't have? Um I want to be more liberated from my ego. Less concerned with what people think of me. Um well are you concerned what people think of you less always- than I used to be, but Hey, there's a long way to go. I mean, you know, one, once you enter the popularity sweepstakes, which you do when you become famous, whether you're a singer or an actress or a model or a journalist, a TV journalist, whatever, you know, you enter the world of, you know, how am I doing? How am I doing? How's my rating? How's my, you know, how do I look? How am, where am I, I in the 50 most beautiful people, you know, poll? You have done a really good job, though, I think. Of making the rest of us think you don't care very much what other people think. I'm a good actress. I think the song is a way of articulating a, f- a sense of trapness in a in a in an environment that she consciously did not create. And by articulating it, and by saying, you know, nobody knows me, and that's okay. It de it depowers those constructs that have been put in place. We've talked about this before with Madonna. Like 
she does construct a lot of these around her. Yes. Like she and and has willfully invited them into her life. Like mm-hmm. this relationship with media is yeah. like her whole job. Yeah. You know? And yet I think she's also saying like what you see as a persona, it's not it's some it's a performance. You yeah. know, you don't actually know what happens when I come home at night and take all the shit off and I'm just Madonna the person, you know? Well, it's like, it's it's no good when you're misunderstood, so why should I care what the world thinks of me? Well, let a stranger give me a social disease. Yeah, and it's, right. And it's this idea of, like, I think she's, she's, she's seeing, she's attaching all of these kind of uh, obsessions we have with celebrities and and kind of filling in the blanks of what we don't know about them yeah. as the, as contributing to this greater social ill that's destroying the world. Yeah. And yeah. so but she is saying I'm going to disengage from all of that. And and she said herself like she she was just as susceptible to gossip and to you know uh, talking about people behind their backs and, yeah. and he, you know hearing outrageous stories about stars and their demands or people and yeah and and she's saying i'm done with all of that and i'm no longer going to be um it's not going to take up any more of my time and i'm not going to let it trap me contain me either i choose to look at myself as like a person who's now awake um and a person who's now trying to be part of the order, not the chaos of the world. But do you think you were ever part of the chaos? Certainly in my personal life, I was part of the chaos. I just ripped through relationships in a willy-nilly, um, completely selfish, what's in it for me? Okay, this isn't serving me anymore, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Lots of chaos. I think I brought a lot of chaos to people's lives because of my selfish behavior. And that adds up. Is now undergoing a tough reevaluation. We're all controlled by our ego. We are all slaves to our ego. Everything we do is about our ego. Guilty as charged. Absolutely, and so am I, and so are we all. And if I didn't have a huge ego, I wouldn't be here. Um, but at a certain point, you have to understand that it is, you know, it's your dog, and it's like, are you walking the dog, or is the dog walking you? Because mm. I'm just as much of a victim as I am a perpetrator. Right. I mean, I think in that way it really does connect to I'm so stupid. And I think about these five songs now, like that we're we've talked about, like you do see this story emerging of like, I wanna I wanna be famous. What do I have to do to be famous? What do I have to do to get into the culture? Will it make me happy? No, it won't make me happy. I, but still I'm gonna pursue it. I'm gonna go to Hollywood. I'm gonna try to do all the things. I'm gonna try to fit in. I'm gonna try to be the best. I'm gonna do all this stuff. I'm so stupid for trying all this. Why do I keep getting pulled in? Don't tempt me. Please stop tempting me, right? Yeah. And I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. The world is around me is circling and is so dark and crazy. Where can I find love? Love is inside of myself. Nobody knows what's inside of me. Um, and I have to block all this shit out in order to and like... And focus on what's important. Yeah. yeah. And then because yeah. if we think about the second half of the album, the whole second half of the album is about love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and where where heart is. So it, so is. is this like the final act of exorcism before we focus on that love and that kind of the peace that that love brings and or all trying of the... to find yeah 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 it's more internal the second half this is the last time I think she is with this song like this song is the end of like uh, uh, the world outside I'm closing the door on now yeah. we're looking at like what happens when I'm in the room with you alone yeah yeah oh, right. I love that. 
And well, who am I then? And and then in a way, like we learn more about who Madonna is in the second half of the album in a real way because it's really stripped down, you know, and it gets more stripped down for the next three songs. Like each song sort of takes, takes another, another step. piece away. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, and I love I love the way that this song has such an unpredictability to the the structure of it. Yeah. And and I remember hearing it for the first time and and I was a big like metal fan and 9 inch nails fan and things like that. I, there was a song called Only that I was just obsessed with around this time. And um and it was on an album called With Teeth and I just remember there being a, like 9 inch nails that the songs don't sound like melodies until yeah your fifth or sixth listen, and then it's like an earworm you can't get out of your head. I'm becoming less defined as days go by, fading away. Well, you might say I'm losing focus, kind of drifting in the abstract in terms of how I see myself. this felt like that as well and I was so excited that it was so aggressive it was so propulsive um, it reminded me in some ways of God by Tori Amos which also mm. has kind of an industrial like like clanging to it yeah. this song has a clang yeah which I love yeah I love all that I think the industrial nature of it feels it like it relates back to this idea the treatise that they have of Mir Weiss and she has for this album of like let's make an album for the future it sounds like the future because a lot of the sounds in this song feel like they're like found objects from a post-apocalyptic world that they've pulled together to make something funky yeah and, and had to find a new power source to plug it in yeah. the Machine. It's a machine, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, it, 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 there's a there's a mechanics, yeah, energy to it, totally, too, which it's, I love. It's it is doesn't feel totally human. Yeah. I sleep much better at night. I feel closer to the light. Thank you. 
it also reminded me two other things that reminded me of are connected to and I love your connections to nine inch nine inch nails as well. It reminds me of Bjork. Mm, um, oh yes! Like this, oh my god, yes! Right, like because it's like in all a lot of Bjork songs, it's like she has these gorgeous melodies, and you know there's real chords there, but she often takes those out, so the melody is sort of floating above yeah. it in a way that's sometimes hard to grasp, and then you can finally pull it in. But I also think that this is a lineage of Madonna songs now, starting with maybe we can say it starts with Bedtime Stories, Bedtime Story, the song, yeah. And then impressive instant or skin and yeah. then impressive instant sort of are the three before that build to this song, right? Yeah. This is like a type of Madonna song that's now it's become a type of Madonna song yeah. because we've had these and it's an experimental song where she's stretching her the the the, the language of her songs. Yeah, right. And and I love that because I think People, people who don't kind of under, uh, appreciate those attempts, they're, they're missing that thing about what makes Madonna Madonna, is that she's not just going to sit back. She's going to have an idea, have an energy around the idea, and find the way the music to match it that way, and yeah. the production to match the energy of it, not necessarily, well, this is my sound, and it has to, right. I have to color within those lines. Well, she just sort of did color in the lines right the song right before yeah. this, right? So she's now like, okay, let's go all the way off again. Yeah. Um, Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to the edge. I'll um, see you in a minute. <laughs> I'll be back. See you in four minutes and 37 seconds. To save the world. <laughs> oh, jeez. No. Um, <laughs> no. My favorite part of the song is... The what I call would call the bridge in this, which is I sleep much better at night. Uh -huh. I feel closer to the light. I just first of all, I love the lyrics, but also I feel like there's a warmth in it there. Well, that's the part I really resonate with. I'm like, how do I sleep better at night? Well, and it's also a moment like in Me Against the Music where all of the clutter clears, yeah, and it's just her voice again, and it then it's like, yeah, except for that like crazy the sound echo, the echo, the echo, yeah. Ah. Yeah, I oh love my God. Who, what is that? What is that and why does it obsess me so much? It's so delicious. I, I sleep much better at night. I feel closer to the light. Now I'm gonna try to improve my life. Nobody, 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 nobody knows me. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows me like you know me. This is one of the things I love about Madonna's voice is like, and why I think remixes become so, yeah. have always been yeah. major. It's like, her voice is so malleable. It's like, every time anybody cuts a part of it and uses it in a different sequence, it just sounds great. And you, you know? But you still know it's Madonna's it's Madonna. voice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. Oh. It's very, very satisfying. It is. It is. I mean, this this song, this song to me is the most prescient, I think, of, of um, probably all of the songs on the, uh, on the first half of the album. Yeah. Um, if not the whole album, I think. I think Easy Ride is pretty prescient as well. But this is a song that basically is predicting what we're dealing with with social media now. Yeah. And what it means to kind of be captured by that. Yeah. And that energy. and Yeah, totally. Like... I think I'd never heard the phrase social disease. Don't give me, I don't want your social disease. Yeah. 
and that really resonates today, right? Like with all of the, how we're constantly bombarded if we choose to be by yeah. social media and by all the different ways that we can connect. And yet the connecting can be really toxic if not, you know, utilized or, you know, controlled or managed. Well, Do you know it, what I mean? Well, it's so interesting because I was, I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I was, I, I had been with a group of people and I was so taken with how many people are dealing with and openly saying, I have a lot of anxiety around this thing or I have a lot of, and, and so many people I know who are really invested in their online media diet and their persona yeah. online yeah. have tremendous anxiety about life, about reality, about interacting on a human level with people in real life. Yeah. And I have to believe that that's all part of that. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I, I always feel very kind of icky if I've been on my phone too long or I've been on the, the, our Instagram too long or, um, and I love, I think there are many great things about social media. I mean, I think we, we've, we, you know, we've met so many of our listeners through, through totally. those interactions and I really cherish that connection. Yeah. But same. I also feel like that there's a certain kind of like, um, numbingness that happens. Do you think our perspective is tinged by the fact that we 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 grew up in a time before it was always there? Yeah. And because I do, I mean, I talk to younger people and they don't know a time that, like, like will our generation witness the end of that life? We will witness the end sure. of that kind of life. We are the last people that, rem that had a childhood without phones, basically. Yeah, I think... We'll witness the end of, yeah, we'll be one of the last generations who didn't have phones or, you know, connected to us all the time, yeah. right? But even like, you know, it's going to change again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and whatever it's going to be, this is going to be like an antiquated system at some point too, which is so crazy to think about. Yeah. But even like, you know, this migration from like, Facebook to Instagram to Twitter to TikTok to whatever's going to be next. And it's like each gener mini generation has the thing that they're yeah. like, this is the thing that we go to is crazy to me. You know, I decided like I'm tapping out at Instagram. Like that's the furthest I'm going. Well, did you have MySpace and Friendster? No, I didn't. But no, <laughs> right. So there was yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you talk to anybody under 30 about Friendster or MySpace, they're like, what's that? Right. Like they have no... So it's happening also faster yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. As well. I mean, back to Madonna's media diet, when yeah. do you think she stopped... Yeah, that's when did she lay off all of the social diseases? <laughs> I think sometime. Well, it's definitely obviously after she moved to London. Yeah, um, it could have been before though. It could have been, you know, I don't know. I I think this is relatively new-ish. Yeah, like that. She's maybe it was during the year when she was doing up for grabs and. Um, the movie came out and, you know, and there were such intense yeah, negative reviews. Like maybe it was before that, that she sort of decided not to or after September 11th. Or well, and, and I have a couple theories that part of it, part the consideration of it happened after Diana oh, died yeah. in 1997. I think that there was kind of like, oh, 
we're focusing on the wrong things if these things are happening and the way that the media treated that death, I think was very illuminating. I also think, you know, Madonna had made a decision that Lourdes would not watch television. Yeah. So I'm curious if that kind of lined up with the, and Kabbalah was becoming a a focus of her her time and her studies. Yeah. Like how much all of that kind of together kind of said, you know what, I'm just not going to, I'm going to do what my kid's doing. I'm not going to watch TV too. Yeah. And I'm just going to kind of like have someone bring me a printout every day of the news Yeah, that I need to know. Well, that's like, you know, we did this in the Hollywood episode. I think when we have that clip from the Oprah interview and she's like, Oprah's like, oh my God, the kiss, the kiss. Everybody in America is talking about the kiss. And Madonna's like, I got on a plane and went to Wales and or <laughs> didn't even know this was happening or Scotland or whatever she yeah. said. She goes, I didn't even know this was happening until I got back to the States. This is crazy. And part of me's like, really, girl? <laughs> Like whenever she did turn off like the social disease, the social media or whatever, like if she really does do that, like that demonstrates this fortitude that I really admire. Yeah, like totally. I, I can't do that. Yeah. Like I can't totally shut any opinions out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and I'm eager to see if I were having a review of something like what people said. Yeah. Um, so I really admire that. And I don't often, and it also surprises me. Like I remember like when, um, when MDNA came out and like she was going to, I guess, rehearsals for the tour and like the album had come out and had gone to number one, if you remember that. And yeah. like she walks into rehearsal and they have like a cake and they're like saying congratulations. And she's like, for what? For what? <laughs> like she didn't know oh, that it was number one. I'm like, okay. I have an album out. Wow. What? People liked it. <laughs> she did this song live uh, yeah. brilliantly on uh, the reinvention tour. Yeah. And uh, I know we're going to talk about about reinvention well down yeah, the line. Yeah. But um, it, it's, incredible. it's so powerful. And I, I just remember thinking she's like channeling Tina Turner here because she is a woman. She is not trying to be a teenager or a girl. She is in powerful um, control of herself yeah. and her world. She's on the, that stage. She's done Vogue. And now she's like, here's where I'm at now. Yeah. By myself on the stage, like kicking ass. Yeah. That, that performance is brilliant. Thank you. 
Well, she does what I just talked about in the previous episode. It's Madonna walking. <laughs> she's walking on that runway and she's just like marching straight ahead. And she sounds great. Yeah, this thing of this the silhouette of just her alone saying nobody knows me. The the lyrics are being projected behind her in really beautiful kind of like neon red. Yeah. Um, really strong images. Um, the the way that they yes, we'll talk about it more when we get to the concert, but like the way that they orchestrated it has like more um, synth and piano in it. So it's a little warmer. Yeah. Like, you know, it ends with like that piano sound and like, um, so it's just a great performance. Like when she gets up on the, on the top and she like, is like, nobody knows me. And she's like rolling herself in and out of the, yeah. of the, you know, of the, bar. of the, yeah. the bars. Oh. Um, one thing that cracks me up from that video is like, you know, those people who are in those <laughs> little like um, areas on the stage, like in little plastic containers, they're so crammed in. I know. They're like I sardines. Know. And I yeah. was like, can you imagine being there for two hours? Well, and I know that they were probably pissed about the plastic cover. Like oh, the, yeah. they're like obstructed from her. They too. can't get close to they her. They can't get yeah. close. I want I want to feel sweat. I want to, I want sweat droplets <laughs> to hit me. Um, I love it because uh, Every, I just thought everybody got must have gotten sick. I was just because now in our post-COVID <laughs> age, I'm like, they all got a cold. <laughs> like <laughs> someone sneezed and there was nowhere to go. <laughs> God. God, the floor seats are overrated. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Unless Ooh. she's going to take things from you. I'm oh, just right, like, right. whatever. Um, and then she did, she used it again in an interlude for MDNA, the 2012, yeah. which was so, so powerful. Yeah. And, it, and it was basically an interlude that showed all of the, uh, the victims of our world that are being disenfranchised. And so it was gay people, it was Palestinian people, it was it was black people, it was Asian people, it was all the different people that are disenfranchised and don't have a voice. And then also flashing on the people that were silencing them or responsible yeah. for silencing them. And she sort of is like in that video, like it's like her face, but it keeps getting covered up with, or it gets cut out in different, with different other people's, people's faces. And, and yeah. so she's like nobody and she's everybody, like she's powerful and powerless. And then- And the, using her, her platform to shine a light on those powerless people. Yeah. sequence ends this interlude ends with like a really pointed um 
story, I guess, or uh, about suicide, yeah. particularly young people committing suicide. Yeah. And she highlights or features a lot of the people at the t- young people at the time, Tyler Clementi, as being and, one of them. And um, yeah, and um, and then all the dancers on stage sort of demonstrate different ways of suicide that are yeah. really violent and intense and very hard to watch, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think this is a thing like, or we've talked about this before, but like early in earlier in my life with Madonna, like I've discredited or haven't liked the interludes Yeah, and upon reflection and looking back at them now, I find them to be so compelling and really where like the biggest statements of the concerts happen. Totally. Because, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is I think she finally understood the power of them and what they can actually do. Yeah. Um, because even, even the, even the interludes in drowned world are, you can't touch what she does later with the, those original like interludes. And the other thing is, is like the interludes are, also a way for Madonna to fully control the message because there's not that risk element of the live performance. So she's able to like really hone the message and she knows it's going to be the same way every time Yeah. versus if she's sick that night or if there's, you know, something goes wrong with a costume or something, you know, the, the, the moving platform doesn't work. Right. They can kind of deal with that, but the message will still hit. Yeah, yeah. I was so, uh, going back and watching that montage of all of those kids that had killed themselves over that time and how um, lonely that those kids must have felt and unsupported. And that's where social media, I think, has helped us since then um, give more kids connection and support and and... Um, a community that they may not have a- have had access to in their immediate world. Well, I think it. I think you're right, and then I also think the opposite. Like, yeah. there's been so many stories of st- of young people who have been bullied online and then taken dramatic action. Yeah. you know, to yeah. um, which really breaks my heart. And I think in this moment, I think like um, we haven't progressed from then yeah right there's such fact, a sense of hopelessness after watching that again and particularly when i think about um young trans you know people who are grappling with not only understanding who they are and their gender and how they who they want to be or who they are yeah and how society is perceiving them and how we're in such a horrible time yeah uh, you know, surrounding, I mean, also a great time. Like think, there's so many breakthroughs happening and so much positive stuff happening, but that, you know, in our country, like the way that trans rights are being um, questioned or taken away. Gutted. Let's gutted. Just gutted. Is just abominable. Well, you know, it's just horrible. And, and, and since we're on the subject, I mean, I, I also, I try to put myself in the shoes of a trans young person who maybe grew up thinking, oh, everything's going to be great for you. Look at how far we've come for queer people in this country. Look how far. We've got queer gay marriage. we got this. we got that. We've had all this stuff happen. And then they get to an age where they start to question their own identity. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, never mind. Those rights are not going to be yours. Oh, never mind. We're going to change all of that again. Yeah. I mean, how, how demoralizing for them. Yeah. Well, you know, 
um, we have to be the ones to change. Fight. Yeah, like it's our responsibility. And, and stand um, up against the hypocrisy of what is happening because so many, the, the fact that we're passing laws against drag performance and yeah. no gun right activism can happen in this country is because that is the number one cause of death for children is gun violence. It is not uh, story time at the library with a drag queen. Right. And and it's an easy out. It's an easy out to get clickbaiting. Yeah, and, it's and a deflection. It's just pushing it off. Yeah. You know, this song, Nobody Knows Me, we didn't say this directly, feels to me like a song about identity. Yeah. Right, obviously. Yeah. Um, I've had so many lives since I was a child. I think we can reflect this back as guest Madonna... Um, parts of her dying and being reborn. I think Kari mentioned this and, yeah. um, you know, I'm so stupid. We've also talked about this through Die Another Day. Like, um, and I also think like when um, uh, uh, somebody, you know, changes their gender or uh, finds the gender that is their true self, right? This is another moment of like, nobody knows me nobody understands who I am except me. Yeah. I don't need all of these voices in, uh, outside of myself telling me or showing me or judging me for what I need to do with my life. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and rebirth, it, re rebirth doesn't have to be a revolutionary act. It can be a personal private moment with myself and right. that's enough. Well, the personal is political. Exactly. Exactly. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Um, this song had some great mixes. Yeah, let's get it to the mixes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, these are why the conversations, baby. This yes, is why we're talking. Yes. Um, th there were some fabulous remixes to this. So this this was the song on the album that cried out for remixes. Uh, this was an official single. This was the B side to the third single, "Nothing Fails." Yes, and um, and and this actually got a lot more attention. These mixes than the "Nothing Fails." Well, mixes. I think we were all like chomping at the bit for these remixes. Oh my gosh. You know? And they're all, I mean, the Mount Sims Italo oh. kiss mix is yeah. the one that I just want to live inside for the rest of my life. Yeah, same. Sims, do you know that group? That not band? really. I didn't know them before because because when Google became ironically when Google became a thing, I started to to Google all of the remixers for all the, these different albums. Oh and, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know at the time. I wasn't plugged into that scene. I wasn't either, but I went back and looked because I thought at first like this was the same Sims that's in um, the XX, but this was way yeah. before yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, Matt Sims is actually a uh, a one man band. It's he's a pseudonym for a guy named Matthew Sims who's from Milwaukee originally but is now based in Berlin and um, apparently for that Nobody Knows Me mix he like interspliced Charles Manson quotes to make the beat or something um, I don't know I can't confirm that but 
Anyway, in 2002, he released this concept album called Ultra Sex, which was uh, about sex and technology. And um, the first song on this album, How We Do, is so cool. We're just going to play a little bit now. Don't need a reason to do the things that I do. No need to impress you. Just want to undress you. I really love your shoes. Used to kick kangaroos. And the way you comb your hair like it's 1982. I don't live to break the rules. I just want to make you drool. Cause baby, I come and Gosh, I feel like I'm in Kansas or like like Missouri somewhere. You do? Yeah, some like small little gay bar in Missouri, oh, yeah, like yeah. by a truck stop. It's very dirty. <laughs> it feels dirty. It does. But I like it. it. I like it. Well, and there's also a Peter Rahoffer uh, mix, uh, The Private Life Part 1, another oh, multi-part yeah. mix. Yes. And that's the one, the, the one thing I had First forgot- of all, I want to say, by the way, I'm so proud of you because I feel like you got, that was the first time you really I got practiced, his name. practiced, baby. I practiced so hard. <laughs> um, but I, I loved how I heard Like You Know Me, Like You Know Me, Like oh, You yeah. Know Me, Like You Know Me on that mix so much more. And I'd forgotten that that's one of the... I always used to think it was like, get to know me, get to know me. Oh. But it's like you know me. Yeah. And like who, you know me. And who is the you? I mean, I, I presume in this story, it's Guy. Yeah. But maybe it's us. Maybe it's the kids. Maybe it's the baby. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. She's like sitting in the hospital after she had Rocco, and she's like, I've <laughs> had so many lives. He's like, what? Since I was I think it's about the, ner- the delivery nurse. Her name, oh. her name is Emma. Oh, Emma. And she, he, she's like, nobody knows me like you know me, Emma. She's like, I know. I saw all like, of you, Madonna. <laughs> she's like, I'll bring you some water chips. <laughs> I'll be back in five. <laughs> I love it. Um, and and also, this song also had a lot of uh, some production work by Mark Spike Stent. 
Yes. And he is somebody I think we should talk a little bit about. Okay. Mark, Mark Spike Stent is one of those brilliant uh, studio wizards. Yes, an engineer. He has been around since uh, working with Madonna since Bedtime Stories. Um, he was nominated for eight Grammy Awards before finally winning one for Confessions on a Dance Floor. So he's still not he's still not there yet. And he's worked with everybody. He's worked with everybody. He worked with Goldfrapp. He worked with Pink. He works with all of the kind of pop... Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. All the kind of pop stars. Um, Bjork, famously. I think that's how he found Madonna back in 1994. Um, And and one of my favorite things he ever worked on was the Dancer for the Dance uh, soundtrack. Um, The Lars Van Trier movie that Bjork was supposed to have just written the songs for. So... There, it's this. It's this um, very oh, yes. uh, intense film. Catherine Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve is a factory worker. People, yeah, yeah. factory worker Catherine Deneuve, <laughs> dressed like Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, you know Catherine Deneuve's second half of her career, post like Bombshell, has been just. Glorious. I always wish that Lars Van Trier had made a buddy comedy movie with her and Lauren Bacall. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Except it would be like on the set of Dogville where like everything's yeah. chalked out. And they, be- and they would just be on chairs the whole movie. And like, <laughs> we're going to hit somebody if we They're don't like get off the pretending side Pretending to drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'd I love, love it. a comedy movie. I just think at some point Lauren Bacall would have been like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> um, Lars. Or when do I get paid on Fridays? Lars, <laughs> Lars. Um, I, uh, I love that soundtrack. Well, um, well, and 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 so he, she was supposed to have just written the score for it, and then as they were working on the soundtrack, he was like, "You should act in this movie." Oh yeah, and she became the she won the Con Best Actress Award, and that's a tough nominated. Movie. That's a tough movie. She's going blind in it. Remember, she yes, and she has to count the steps to uh, her execution. Remember? Oh my god, the ex. Oh my god, let's <laughs> not go there. But, but she's a great, nominated yeah. for an Oscar. Yes, there's a great duet with her and Tom York. Yes, I've seen yes, it all. Such I've a seen it all. great song. Mark Spike's stent and the album it's 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 an album but it's called Selma songs because yeah. her character's name is Selma and that's my favorite thing he's ever worked on but he he's very chameleonic because he he does kind of morph with the artists that he's working yeah. with and yeah. I think Madonna likes that about because they work together forever yeah and I like it because it's kind of like 
he just kind of services her wherever she is. But he brings something really rad every yeah. time. Like, cause he, the other song he works on in this album specifically is, um, I'm so stupid. And that one too is like, has something else to it. That's like different than the rest of the album, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm glad we've stopped and had this. Cause, cause um, he's, moment. and I'm sure he'll come back when we get to confessions too. Cause I, oh, he yeah. has a lot of, of import on that, uh, input on that record. Do you think they just call him spike? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think get so me too. spike on the phone. Spike. Madonna. Do more of this. Uh, but I, I guess I'm I'm curious though, because she doesn't do Nobody Knows Me or I'm So Stupid on the promo tour. Do you think she was like leaving those for us to discover and be delighted by on the record? Yeah. Well, I don't know that when she did the promo tour, like I'm so I'm uh, uh this song, Nobody Knows Me, has is the first song on this album that doesn't have guitar, acoustic guitar at its center. Yeah. So how would it have been played? Oh, that's a good point. That's um, a, that's a smart point. Yeah. I think I'm so stupid. I wish she had done in these lives the those promo tours because I think it would have been really amazing. Yeah. But maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know why she didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of yeah. love to see it come back. Which one? This. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it would be amazing if she if she did this again. I think this would be a great way to open her celebration tour. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So so would she be like, Yeah, nobody knows me. So let's get to know me tonight, bitches. And then off <laughs> she'd go. Holiday. Yeah. No, then she you know, she could open with nobody knows me and ends with who's that girl. So oh. it's like we never know. <laughs> she could just do the end of the Who's That Girl tour, you know. Who's that girl? No, I think she should open the show with causing a commotion. Oh, that's great. Causing a commotion. I got the moves, yeah. baby. Then and then I in the like middle of it, she would interpolate a little bit of Nobody Knows Me. Oh, I love it. That's what I want. <gasps> I want like a little like. That's. I feel like that's what the whole tour is going to be like. But oh, we can talk about this another don't, day. Don't say the word medley. Interpolation no. I can get behind, but a medley. Interpolation. Interpolation, I like it. Um, there was one other kind of odd uh, little project that came out of the Nobody Knows Me song, and yes. that was a a fan club only book, photo book of fifty photographs um, uh, from that era of her career oh, cool. that Icon sold uh, for a very very short time. I think it was to fulfill that um, book contract she had with Maverick. Oh. This was, I think, the last of those books she did, and it was called Nobody Knows Me. Who took the pictures? Was it like Gaius? No, it was a collection of different oh. photographers. Did you were you an icon member? I was for like a year and a half, like two years. I did because yeah. because it was expensive when I was a kid to be. A, I think it was like sixty bucks a year or something, or a oh. hundred bucks a year. Yeah. It's probably it was probably ninety nine dollars <laughs> uh-huh. a year plus like ten dollars for shipping and. <laughs> all of that nonsense. So it wound up being over a hundred dollars, and that was a lot of money for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But I, w- I was. It was a gift, and I, um, I was. It was great. Icon was like it had had a magazine that had uh, exclusives. Madonna always would pen a letter at the beginning of each one of what she was up to, and she would kind of give you little tidbits. But I think it was the Avita era. Okay. And like something to remember. So I think it was like 95 to like the end of 96 or 97. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. 
Um, I never joined. I I don't know why. It was probably first because it was too expensive, and then I just sort of was like, eh, I don't know that I need this. But I wonder now, like, first of all, people listening, like, are how many of you are Icon members? Yeah. And do you think that we need to have an Icon membership? Like, please let us know on the social medias. Well, and I, and I think, I mean, like, obviously you get, codes for the tickets for the tour but you're still yeah. going to pay a fortune for the tickets so I don't know I mean it gives you access but okay well know. yeah let's hear what people say I know I <gasps> still have the black folder that said icon and it had her eyes on it it was black with <laughs> oh. gold lettering and it said Madonna icon fan club and her eyes were in the middle and you could put all your like no, your stuff in there. <laughs> I love that. And and a card. It's, you got a membership card. This is very Madonna, though. It's like to have a file folder. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's a folder. <laughs> it's a folder. And I think every year you got a different folder. Oh, of course. For your icon issues okay. for that year. So whoever has been a diehard diehard icon Send us member, your issues. Show or you just show us pictures of all the file folders yeah. and like how you've been collecting and collating. And it um, would be like it, they would have like an interview in each uh, issue, and it would be like. Uh, you know, uh, the director of her new video. There was a method to the madness, I think. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, hey, I I have something I need to talk to you about that I um, happened last night. Okay. And it's a, um, something we missed when we did one of our previous episodes. Oh, my um, goodness. And it's going back to season three. What? Okay. Yeah, so... What was La- season three? What did we talk about in well, season three? Okay, so <laughs> last night I was stoned and I was like looking through TV to like find something to watch. Sheldon had gone to sleep and I landed on um, Christina Aguilera and Cher um, in Burlesque. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which I had never seen. Oh my gosh, you've never seen Burlesque. I love Burlesque. <laughs> well, I, I was very much enjoying myself. Um, I didn't finish it last night. I, I got through a lot of it because like the second half of the movie, it's like Cher like left for a while. Like she was like... No, she had to go find the money f- to save the Burlesque <laughs> She's show. She's for like 30 minutes and they're like, Christina does like five songs in a row. But anyway, while Christina is like learning all the routines and stuff... We, we forgot to mention that Ray of Light is in burlesque <laughs> and is used as like her like dance and practicing montage sequence. <laughs> like, Are you serious? You don't remember this? I, I, I think it's I- like a two minute cut of the song. It's like it's long and oh the song gosh. is in there like. So I'm just I just saying like this is like an add on to our Ray of Light episode that we didn't mention it was used in burlesque. First of all, it floors me you've not seen burlesque. Yes, yeah, I mean it is like it's like saying you've not seen Showgirls. No, it, it really is, and it's not a it's not a bad movie. I think it's it's actually a really entertaining. Film. It's super entertaining. Yeah. Christina's fabulous. I mean, we're back on like Christina Aguilera's like fabulous performer i yeah. love her her whole performance in this of like the innocent girl who can sing but doesn't tell Cher <laughs> for like 45 minutes and finally Cher's like why did you tell me you could sing and she's like i tried to tell and, you you know what her <laughs> name isn't Cher; it's tess. Oh, tess tess she 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 owns the burlesque with her ex-husband i know who's still in love with peter her gallagher peter gallagher <laughs> slumming it in a movie stanley tucci's stanley tucci. back oh, 
supporting a lady. Yeah, yeah. Nobody supports like Stanley Tucci. He That's is, true. He is so fab. And he is brilliant because he is able to give the diva he's supporting, yes. be it Meryl, be it Cher, be it whomever, their their moment, but he also takes a little time for him. He's able to have moments for himself without taking away from them. Yeah, totally. It's a and really he makes good them all laugh. He seems very they very relaxed with him. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, when my favorite moment. See, now you got me stuck on. <laughs> all right. Yes. So my favorite moment. So I go to see this movie in Chelsea at the Chelsea Theater on Twenty Third Street. That is actually just got sold again, and oh. I think is going to close. Okay. which R.I.P. to that gorgeous cinema. And um, I go see it. It is full of homosexuals. It's opening weekend. We <laughs> all wanted to do well. <laughs> and uh, Cher has got, uh, or Tess, has got some costumes that because, you know, in, in addition to running this club, she also stitches the costumes herself at of home. Of course, of course. Because, um, you know, she's divorced and has no life. And so she's going home. She's got a pile of costumes and and uh, the 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 guy, uh, the producer guy is like, "Hey, Tess, you want to run through your song? Oh, I'm really tired. I've got a. I'm not. I'm tired. You know, very share. Oh, I'm exhausted. I have all this work to do." He says, "Come on, we have the lights up. We're ready to go." And she goes. Okay, throws <laughs> off her coat and she has this sparkly top on. The audience went crazy. Of course. It was so fabulous. Yeah. And I was like, you know she can't hear you. This is a movie. <laughs> and then she sang, You Haven't Seen the Last of Me. Yeah. Feeling broken, barely holding on. There's still something so strong Somewhere inside me And I am down But I'll get up again Don't count me out just yet I've been brought Down to my knees And I've been This is far from over You haven't seen the last of me You haven't seen the last of me That's good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, we have one more thing to do. We have to answer our uh, listener question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our, our One of our listeners asked us if... Uh, Tony, Tony the Good. Tony the Good. What would our... Hi, Tony. What would, hi, Tony. Thank you for listening. What would our uh, ringtone be? Our oh, Madonna yeah. ringtone be? Yeah. And what would yours be, Mark? Today it would be nobody, 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 nobody knows me. Oh, nice. Nobody knows me. Nice. Nice. That would be mine. Today. Mine would just be that sound. <laughs> oh or it could be the beginning of bedtime story. Uh, <laughs> no. Maybe it's a mix of both. <laughs> what? Uh, uh. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. All right. All right. That's cool. a good question. Thanks for the ta- question. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Till next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>